Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Heels of Wrestling brought to you by BaselineTimes.com. It's your host, Marcus Merton. And this week, I've got with me Nathan Crown. Nathan Crown, what up? How's it going, man? I'm sitting here in the living room of Casa de Crown on the beautiful Gulf Coast. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, can't complain. I'm sitting here in Orlando. Got to love the Florida weather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Nathan, I got to know, what got you into wrestling? Um, Probably a similar story to ones you've heard many a times, man. I was, uh, I believe I was eight years old. Uh, Watching Saturday morning cartoons, I was a Ninja Turtle guy, and uh, Ninja Turtles went off, and I was flipping the channels, trying to find something else to watch, and <laughs> came, across, uh, came across some Saturday morning WCW, NWA stuff, man, and from that moment on, I literally did not watch cartoons ever again. I just couldn't get enough. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I actually all miss... Of, all I of miss- my Ninja Little, uh, all of my Ninja Turtle figures started doing jobs for wrestlers after that. It was crazy. <laughs> Yo, I miss Saturday morning wrestling stuff. They don't do that anymore. No, nah, I know. It's, uh, I don't know why either. I mean, surely there's still, you know, could be a market for something like that. Because, uh, I mean, I, I dug it as a kid. I'm sure kids yeah. now would. I think with the network, they were just like, well, I guess if you want it on Saturday morning, you just watch it here. <laughs> right, right. Just schedule yourself to watch it on a Saturday morning if you want to. Uh, and you're eight years old. You're loving wrestling. Eight years old, loving it. Um, started uh, just watch, trying to you know search TV guides and find it anywhere I could. Um, of course, every time mom went to the grocery store, I was on the magazine aisle begging her to buy me. You know, one of the many different magazines they had at the time. Uh, going to the- <laughs> I was a junkie, man. We'd go to the local uh, blockbuster, movie gallery, what have you. And uh, if they didn't have a new wrestling movie out at the time, then I would rent another old one that I'd already seen just to uh, just to have wrestling to watch. And and honestly, man, I'm still that way to this day. I'll study film that I've seen a million times. Hey, man, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, so I just just kept going from there. Just couldn't get enough. Went to. Uh, my mom started taking me to house shows when they would come within, you know, an hour or two from the house to Oh, Pensacola. wow, that's awesome. Right. Pensacola Mobile. My, the first show I ever went to live was a WWE Superstars TV taping. Mm. And this thing, this thing was like four and a half hours long. So, of course, from that point on as a kid, I expected every show I went to to be about four and a half hours <laughs> long. But it didn't, it didn't work out that way. No, no, it is not. So what made and, you want to want to throw on the tights, man? Um, Why take it to that next level? Because it's it's what I wanted to do, man. Like uh, I didn't see, uh, I didn't dream of being a cop or a, a police officer or anything like that. Um, I knew that's what I was wanted to do. Probably six months after I started uh, started watching the stuff, you know. And um, as soon as I could, I uh, started catching some indie shows, which I didn't even really know existed, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, uh, as a kid, I'd been a fan of um, the wild-eyed Southern boys and, and things like that. So I knew who Steve Armstrong was. And Steve Armstrong wrestled on the Gulf Coast a lot. That's true. And um, so I started, uh, I met him at an independent show in Alabama and um, asked him to train me. And he basically pie-faced me and told me to go the hell on. <laughs> the first oh, man. And because I wanted somebody that, had been to the dance to train me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like, you. Uh, somebody reputable. Exactly. And um, so I followed him to a show about three hours into Mississippi. 
asked him again. He told me to go the hell on again. Um, followed him to two shows in Florida, got told no again. And then on the fifth time back in Alabama, he said, damn, you, uh, you really want this, don't you? And I was like, yes, sir. And he just said, uh, you know, meet me at such and such building at such and such time on this date. And, uh, we started training there, man. And, uh, later on, I kind of found out that was, that was the old school way of, of making sure somebody wanted it. Oh and, yeah. Um, just to make sure the dedication's there. Right. Exactly. And I, and I think that's a lot of the problem today is that we don't do that enough. You know, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't police the, the guys that are wanting to get into the business enough anymore to see if they really want it. It's, Hey, if this jackass over here has, you know, 600 bucks, let's see what he's got in training. Yeah, you're not the first guest we've had speak about kind of a crowded indie scene. Do you feel yeah. like that's happening right now? Do you think there's just a bunch of people who are just like, eh, I'm a weekend wrestler? It's yeah, it's it's become very much and has been for a while a a hobby driven, and it's I would say sport, but it's hard to even call indie wrestling a sport anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's a for every locker room I go into, and, and at one time I was wrestling 14, 15 times a month. And for every locker room I'd go into, there's probably, a, you know, I'd say 30 guys in a locker room and maybe eight or nine went to a gym. Oh, wow. I don't think I had any kind of athletic prowess, you know, at all. And I think that's getting worse and worse and worse. It's just uh, you go to uh, your local sporting goods store now and buy a pack of uh, MMA kick pads and grab you a T-shirt, cut the sleeves off, and you're a fucking wrestler. And I just don't think that's the way it should be. Do you do you think that's kind of a reflection of, uh, well, you know, back in the day, in the early 90s, late 80s, you know, Vince McMahon pushed, you know, the big body, you know, the John Cena types, the rock right. types. Now on the indie scenes, it's the Johnny Gargano types, which I'm not saying Johnny Gargano is out of shape or anything, right, right, but he's right. smaller than the prototypical old wrestler used to be. So sure, you think it's that yeah. reflection of that? You know, but yeah, uh, somewhat. I think uh, by no means does it. Do you have to be you know six foot four or taller and uh, be you know jacked to be a pro wrestler? But I think you should at least have some kind of uh, athleticism to you and. Um, you know, at least do some kind of strength training, you know, something like that to to not only benefit yourself, but to, you know, take care of your partner you're dancing with in the ring also. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, look, man, I'm, you know, I'm five foot eight with wrestling boots on, and <laughs> um, but I'm in shape. You know? I feel you. Um, a lot of guys, I, you know, you see them outside of the dressing room huffing down Marlboros and, and you know, <laughs> look like that and taking a bath it's like a lot of people um dress like raven just because they can get away with it you know what i mean uh <laughs> everyone's a raven <laughs> everybody's everybody uh gets you know a lot not everybody i can't say that because god bless them there's a lot of people out there like me that spend a lot of money on gear and boots and things like that and gym memberships but uh <laughs> there, there's a lot of guys man who uh hit up the local hot topic and let her ride yeah, well, it's a shame. It, it is. It is. So, Nathan, tell us about you right now. What are you doing right now in the business? Right now, I um, I have probably backed off taking dates. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably working three, four times a month now. But um, my I have a business partner, a fellow wrestler, um, somebody I think you guys know named uh, Dustin Briggs. We uh, run a independent promotion in the Florida panhandle called coastal wrestling federation. Shout so, out um, to Dustin Briggs and CWF. Uh, 
Yes, sir. Dustin Briggs, what's up? And um, so we're trying to kind of get that off the ground right now, you know. Um, but still working, still enjoy working. It's just um, I'm not flying all over the country like I was at one time. Which don't get me wrong, I loved, but it's uh, it's just time to uh, since WWE is not hiring anybody over nineteen anymore, <laughs> it's time to <laughs> move on to to different different things. I think you know, and yeah. and I've always to get into uh, I've always later said I would get into trying to run a show and um, wanted to uh, get into a little bit more of the booking side of things. Uh huh. Um, well, what would you say is I, your booking philosophy? Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good, man. I just said the opportunity uh, presented itself, and here I am doing it. So. Okay. What would you say is your booking philosophy when, when, you, when you went into the business? Mm, it's changed. I don't know. I think I'm just now, after being in the business, God, I broke in in 05. And um, after Steve Armstrong, I got an opportunity to work under Percy Pringle for over a year and became mm-hmm. really good friends. And, and he ran a show called a uh, Gulf South wrestling. So I got to, uh, kind of learn a lot from him too. And, um, uh, my booking philosophy, I'd say I'm just now starting to get one, just studying, you know, kind of old interviews with Eddie Gilbert and Kevin Sullivan and people like that, that, you know, booking from end to beginning instead of beginning to end, mm. you know, finding logic and not trying to overthink things. Um, oh, okay. That's interesting. I've never heard it said like that. Right. Right. I um I heard an interview with somebody recently, and I can't put my finger on who it was, but they said, uh, you know, Eddie Graham used to tell people that usually you, your first instinct and first thought when it comes to booking is the right choice. Don't overthink it. Then you get into it being too complicated, and if it's too complicated for you to figure out, then it damn sure is going to be for the fans. Mm, I like that. It's very simplistic, and I like that. I like it a lot, minimalistic. Yeah, it makes sense. Exactly. What so I'd would say you- Mm-hmm. Right I, I just say that's that's probably my philosophy right now man just just taking it taking it easy and, and trying to keep things simple and and i think on an independent level unless mm-hmm. you have either one of two things i think um if you're running a weekly independent show same night same time every week at the same building or either you're running weekly tv and or both that every match on the card does not have to have a storyline you can have an athletic match just for the sake of having a wrestling match and there being a winner. And I, I think I agree. You know what I mean? Like I think uh, some of these indie shows, whether I've wrestled in Tennessee or, or Maryland or Washington or Virginia, wherever, man, some of my go-to will have a great show with five or six matches, which I think is perfect. And then you'll go to some of them. There'll be, you know, 12, 13, 14 matches and everything. <laughs> everybody's got some ridiculous thing going on and it's everybody treats their once every other month independent show. Like it says WrestleMania. And I think it's ridiculous. Um, I, I can understand that. Definitely. I mean, you know, everyone is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. It was going to make sure that the Mexican is on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Get your shit in verbally or physically. <laughs> so what direction would you say you're trying to lead CFW, CWF into as far as booking angles go? I think uh, I think the direction that, that Ben and I both are, are trying to lead it into is just to have a uh, high-quality, independent show 
rotate wrestlers in and out instead of having the same guys bring keeping things keeping things fresh and just you know making sure people go home happy okay that sounds good sounds good stick to the stick to everything the customers need yeah exactly man you don't you don't have to overdo things but um just having a high quality show man just uh with with guys who can work guys who can talk you know make like you know, even if they're green, you know, that, you know, give, give guys that you, you see something in an opportunity and give guys a, a chance. You know, I like that new Japan pro style uh, right. way of booking where, you know, it's not always just, here's our, here's our roster. Like, you know, here, here's a showcase. Right. Exactly. Of good talent. Exactly. And, and okay. have different things, you know, have, I believe in having different things on the card. You know, I don't, I don't want a card just full of serious matches. Then again, I don't want a card full of Gaga either. Yeah, um, you know, you might have a, a high flyer match, then two guys who are very scientific wrestlers, and then you know maybe two large men, and maybe a ladies match. You know, just trying to trying to you know mix it up and and do things different. I think is good because don't everybody like the same thing? Exactly true, very true. Uh, do you guys book any specialty matches down there? Hardcore, ladder, anything like that? So far, we have not, man. Um, I'm sure in the future. Uh, that will come along. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I haven't, I haven't had any ideas for two people. I could get to really, I'd love to see somebody do a ladder match. I'm not sure who I would get to do it right now because I think uh-huh. it's something that, you know, it's hard enough finding guys on the Indies that can actually, you know, work and call something on the fly and tell a good story, much less on a ladder match. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's crawl, let's crawl before we walk. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on that one. So is, yeah, that's, there, that's where I'm at on that one. Is there any indie promotion you look to or WWE or major promotion that you look to towards kind of like as your uh, inspiration where you work? Uh, I would say the the best independent promotion that I've ever worked for uh, would be Maryland Championship Wrestling in Baltimore. And um, the way that company is ran, because it is ran like a company, 100%. Uh-huh. Uh, Danny McDevitt has it going on. And, um, when I was there, Jimmy Cicero was also there. And, and, um, the way that company is ran from the time you walk through the back door, uh, to the time you leave is, is 100% business and, uh, done the right way. And mm, there's I like the sounds of that, right? There's, you know, you, you can go there and rest assured it's going to be a professional environment and, uh, you're going to go home happy they've done their job on their end promoting um, the quality of work the quality of equipment they use down to the quality of concessions it's all there uh, another one would be uh when luke hawks first started running wildcat uh in new orleans i probably did their first six shows or so and uh he's got something really good going on over there and has shown that uh independent wrestling can can draw money and uh you can put a good product on TV, even with independent wrestling, and uh, he's got a hell of a fan base. So I'd say out of those two, um, that would probably be the blueprint that I'm I'm more more or less relying on and kind of looking to when I need to uh, think about booking shows and running shows. Oh wow, wow! Shout out to them, man. It sounds like you've really learned from them, and if it's as good as you say, man. I I think you'll I think you'll run out fine. Absolutely, man. Thank you. I think so too. So back to wrestling. 
Who's your favorite? Oh man, that's a tough question. Or you can um, give me a top top three or five list. You know, it's weird. Like my my fandom, <laughs> my favorites change. I probably have like two or three stages of fandom. When <laughs> I was a, you know, when I was a kid and you know first uh, discovered this wrestling thing. It, believe it or not, like I was an Ultimate Warrior Sting guy. Oh, and, dude, uh, I love Sting. Sting was one of my first yeah. favorites too. Absolutely, man. Loved, loved the face paint, loved the flashiness, you know, craziness, mm-hmm. warrior shaking the road, all that. When I kind of started growing up a little bit, I'd gotten more into uh, like the Hart Foundation and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bret Hart's and, and the, you know, of course, you know, Stunning Steve, when he was still Stunning Steve, I loved, uh, I loved the heels like that. Yeah. Um, on into when I knew that this is what I was going to do. And I, I kind of say I'd started actually studying film and writing things down and really getting into it. I became just a, a, a junkie for watching dynamite kid and Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and, and guys like that. So mm. that, that's, that's, that's kind of my four, state. Four great, four great people to uh, learn from right there, man. I think, uh, I was blessed with growing up to me and during the greatest time in wrestling was 95 to 2000. And I can I, remember, I, I can remember watching the first hour of nitro, then flipping it over to raw for two hours, then rewatching the first hour of nitro along with the next two that I missed. <laughs> man. I, yeah, man. Back when you could switch between the two on Mondays, that was, that was peak, that was peak wrestling. And I, and I couldn't get enough, man. And honestly, I still can't, it's, it's still the way I am. I have journals and notebooks just full of booking ideas and finishes and spot <laughs> and, you know, things to uh, bullet points to say on a microphone and quotes and shit like that. You know, just it's it's yeah. unreal, man. How this uh, disease took me over. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it, man. I don't mind it at all. Oh, yeah, man. Like wrestling. Wrestling is always going to be with me. I love this stuff. It is, man. And once it's in your blood, like. You know, even after the first time I ever trained, as sore as I was, you know, it was like, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Couldn't wait to get back and get the hell beat out of me again. So what's your opinion on the current state of WWE and of wrestling in general? I know you said the heyday was between 95 and 2000 to you, which I'm sure a lot of people would agree with. Prime Attitude Area, Prime WCW. What are you thinking about now? It's hard to say. And unfortunately, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, It'll never go back to that. I don't think it'll ever, I don't know. It could. I don't think it'll ever hit that peak again. I think the closest, uh, I think they're lacking just a huge star that somebody gravitates to, like people gravitated towards a a Steve Austin or or even a Goldberg and and guys like that who may not necessarily been my favorites, but they, uh, people seem to love them and they drew money. You know, that's back when you couldn't pass any kind of store in the mall or Walmart or anywhere without seeing wrestling shirts and things like that. I think uh, the the closest has been Cena. And um, even though he's the closest to a Steve Austin or Goldberg back then, I don't think he even scratched the surface of what they did. Uh, Maybe longevity wise he did, you know, but not that bringing it to that next uh, next level, you know. Do you feel like PG era has affected that? Because I know John Cena is basically, you know, the poster boy of PG era. Right. Um, I think it has to a degree. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that that's the the, the full reason because mm-hmm. um, 
I'm not sure. I can't put my finger on it. I don't think it takes a Steve Austin flipping people off and, and cussing or a Shane Douglas dropping F-bombs. Uh, shout out Shane. That's somebody who taught me to. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you necessarily need that. I just I think I think Cena would probably been better or, or people would have gravitated toward him more if he'd have kept the little rapper gimmick, man, to be honest with you, instead of becoming just straight PG and uh, fruit fruit loops and <laughs> things like that. You know? um, I think if Daniel Bryan hadn't got hurt, that, that he was going to be, you know, the next big thing. I think he probably would have went on to Sean Michael. You know, people would have looked back and thought of him like that. Hmm. As far as right now, I'd say the biggest star is, is probably Brock Lesnar. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's there, what, once every quarter? <laughs> he's a quarterly Pretty wrestler. Much. You know? And he might be gone soon. He might be going back to UFC after Mania. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, you know, and I, I, th- I thought AJ Styles would get bigger than he has because I, I love that guy. I think to me right now, he's Styles, the, yeah. I think he's the greatest wrestler on planet Earth right now that I've seen anyway. Um, yeah, he's I, up there, man. I think his mixture of, you know, he can do all the high flying stuff, but uh-huh. his he knows where to put everything and the psychology makes sense instead of just flopping and flying for the hell of it and <laughs> not meaning anything. Um but, you know, hey, you know, WWE relies more on selling themselves as the brand now anyway. So I don't think they're too concerned about just one or two stars anymore. They, uh, you know, you put WWE on the billboard and it's going to sell. I mean, they'll have 80,000 people in the Superdome uh, again yep. this year. You know, no matter what, if they put James Elworth in the main event, for God's sake, it would, <laughs> there'd still be 80 thousand people there and that was not the case in the 80s and, and 90s i don't you think you know that so mm, i don't there was just so much star power back then you know i don't i know but I this know. thing thought, like they'll draw like ninety thousand for mania like that's cool oh. but like every like if you look at a smackdown or a raw show the place will be half empty yeah exactly so it's this weird kind of like is wrestling more popular now or just People just not want to go to the live shows, like because honestly, there's some weeks I don't even want to watch Raw or SmackDown because I just right. know it's gonna be it's gonna be well, boring. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't. I think the three hour thing hurts too, don't you? Oh yeah, like, definitely. I, right now, oh oh yeah, it's horrible right now. You know, is it my extension my my attention span anyway? I you know, yes, I'm a film study junkie, but that's where I can click and pause and rewind certain matches and try to yeah. figure something. When I'm watching, you know, if, if I try to watch three hours of Raw with, with uh, especially live when uh, you got commercials included, man, it's, just, it's hard for me to do. Like the current state of WWE, it's like an of the three hour Raw, an hour of it will be promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, an hour and a half of it will be bad matches you don't really want to see or care about. Right. And then another half hour will be the main event and whatever shenanigans around it. I think uh, you're exactly right on that. And I think a lot of what hurts too is, uh, and this has been going on for the last decade, is back in the day in the 80s and, and I'd say early 90s into the mid 90s, even that uh, when, when you had a, a chicken shit heel or just a, a tough guy heel, brutal heel, uh, the, the baby face was always trying to get after him, but never did until it was time. Um, yeah. You know, he, he almost got to him, almost got to him, and then you went off the air or something with him almost getting to him, but they never actually touched until it was it was time. Well, now, if you've got a, a pay-per-view going on, well, they're wrestling each other Tuesday night on SmackDown 
okay, well, why the hell do, do I need to watch Sunday? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah exactly. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was talking to I was talking, you know, some other people on the podcast, Bobby and Adam, shout out to them. And I was talking to them like there used to be like during prime uh, mm-hmm. attitude area, the rock wouldn't wrestle wrong right. raw. Or right. if he did, it would be like it would be like a five minute tag match that started 15 minutes before the end of the show. Exactly. So it would just break down in five minutes. Exactly. Like we didn't get yeah. a match out of the rock unless it was a pay-per-view. Right. Yeah. Because it was, you know, it was something you kept special. You had to keep things special. Um, Mm -hmm. Now it's, uh, you're going to see that match two or three times before they actually get to the blow off or, you know, the beginning of the program or or whatever. It's just, and I think that's because it's just the, the product is so saturated now. There's so much TV to fill in and yeah, you know, not to mention the network, not to mention, I think too, a lot of, uh, not that kayfabe will ever come back, but I think that still hurts a little bit too when you've got a uh, so-called good guy and a so-called bad guy and they're at each other's throats, but your mom's channel surfing through the cable and on E, they've got total, <laughs> they're showing these guys eating together and, you know, yep. slapping fives and smiling together and giving each other reach arounds and, okay, well, then I'm not interested in the feud anymore, you know? I think Vince took the sport. I think he took the entertainment part way too seriously in sports entertainment. Yeah, I guess uh, apparently uh, he's always thought of it as just entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. And that there's anything wrong with that, I guess. I just I, I do enjoy the. Uh, I guess just like a ma- just like a magician, man. I don't really want to see how you did the trick because then that takes the fun out of it. You know, you don't have to rub it in my face that wrestling's work. Um, <laughs> I know, right? You know, it's like I don't, it's just too much right now. Right. I don't want to watch the ride-along show on WWE Network and watch two guys that are supposed to hate each other go into the hotel together. I think uh, back in the day when guys weren't allowed to uh, ride with each other or stay at the hotel together or be at the bar together, I think that helped, man, because it, at least it helped, you know, people believed a little more, I guess, you know. I think there's just, like, I think there's no escapism left in wrestling. No, it's it's like, it's hard to do. Yeah, like okay, back in the day, when you were a kid, even Hulk Hogan had, mm-hmm. was a su- Hulk Hogan was a superhero. You know, now he's a racist piece of shit. Oh yeah, but <laughs> right. Hulk Hogan at one time, like he was like, take your vitamins, kids. You know, you can grow up and be strong like me. Like, yeah. you know, p- part of you know the culture we're in. You want that? You know, you want to be that big dude. You want? He's like Superman. Like sure. John Cena is built like Superman. Like, you know, right. big big chest, you know, big dude. Now it's like, you know, AJ Styles, he's he's the best wrestler on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's up there. But at the same time, is anyone going to look at AJ Styles on the street and be like, damn, I want to be that guy? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I know what you mean. And it's, it, I think, like, taking like, a- like 10 out of 10 people would, could walk by AJ Styles on the street, not knowing he's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, yeah, this is dude. But if John Cena's walking down the street, you're going to be like, damn, that's a big dude. I wonder what he does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That guy's either a damn NFL player or pro wrestler, or mm-hmm. or he's in he's in the fight game in some way, shape, or form. No, exactly. I totally agree. And like, I tell guys, you know, going back to earlier when we were talking about guys shopping at Hot Topic and stuff, and indie wrestlers not working out and, and things uh-huh. like that. You know, I tell um, even guys I've trained and women I've trained, you don't want to look like the person that you're standing in front of at the Dollar General down the street. True. You know, they're, 
then what what is there why are they gonna spend money to see you they just saw you at the dollar tree yeah yeah like you, you know, put something into it put some effort into it i think there's definitely a clear dividing line coming coming just through wrestling right now where it's like there's just a level where some people are at that's just so much above other people now yeah exactly because like you got you got like the people in new japan who are just putting on insane matches like Oh yeah. Once a month, they'll get together like once a month. Well, here's a card of insane matches, uh-huh. and then you go to WWE, and it's like, damn, I gotta watch the Bar and the Shield for the fiftieth time this year. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's like you're not angry because the Bar and the Shield, but it's like it's the Bar and the Shield again. Right. There was there was a point where I, it was I saw it on Twitter. Seth Rollins was in a match with either Cesaro and Sheamus for like eighty percent of last year. Isn't that crazy? Like that's, crazy. that's And how are you supposed to invest in that as a fan? I mean, yeah, because you know, at heart, I'm still a fan. I think we all are, whether you're oh, yeah, whether exactly. you're one, of, whether you're one of the boys or not. You know, you, you remain a fan no matter what. You know, and uh, as a fan, it's hard for me. Like like a while ago, when we were talking about guys never touching each other until they got to the big the the big match or whatever. Uh-huh. Hell, it's hard for me to if I'd saw Conor McGregor versus uh, Floyd Mayweather seven or eight times already, then why the hell would I pay a hundred bucks to watch them again? Yeah, exactly. It would get old after a while. The the new the shiny new toy would be gone. Like New Japan promos themselves like a fight promotion. Right. Like they have the they have the boxing style press conferences. They have the post, you know, match interviews that are right. in like a serious other location where it's like a backdrop and all this stuff. The newspaper, media, everybody yep. covers it like a real sport over there. Um, they they do their best to still try to protect kayfabe a little bit over there. They don't blatantly rub it in your face that guys may you know really be best friends. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's only helped them and will continue to help them actually because that product's getting big in the U.S. Man, I think it's uh, eventually I think it'll end up giving Vince a run. Yeah, it's a very uh, it's very interesting because they're on Access. Cubans Mark Cuban brought them on to Access. Right, and. It's going to be, I mean, they, they they definitely have a foothold. It's like, if you go to a WWE event, you have the WWE fans, then you have the wrestling fans. Right, exactly. And if you're a wrestling fan, you know what New Japan is. Oh, absolutely. And odds are you have a Bullet Club shirt on the, you know, you mark. And <laughs> right. So it's going to it's gonna be interesting in the next few years, because if the WWE product keeps, you know, on the steady boat that it is, where they keep constantly denying fans what we want... Yeah. And New Japan is just like, oh, you want a Kenny Omega, you know, Cody feud? Here it is. You want, you know, the best matches in a month? Here you go. Here's World Cup. Here's exactly. the G1. Like, the G1 put together probably better matches than WWE put together in a year in the span of two weeks. Like, Exactly. I think um, I think a big part of that, too, Marcus, is, is um, New Japan uses, as, as far as booking and uh, – uh-huh. Writing matches and things like that. New Japan still uses wrestling people and not Hollywood script writers and people like that. I agree. I agree. Like they're they're writing with you know divas and uh, <laughs> exactly. Like you know you know part of the reason why the Miz is getting this push is because of his new show. Like no disrespect no. to the Miz. No, no, no. no like, the Miz is amazing. You know he's top five in the company bar. You know easily. Sure. But part of the reason he's getting a push now is because his new show's coming out later in the year. Right. Like they're not, they, even, they're not even hiding this fact. No, not at all. Like, uh, 
there's so many guys on that roster that I think if we're just allowed to uh, be themselves and, and hadn't been kind of cock blocked by the writers or, uh-huh. or whatever, there's so many, so many guys have had the ball dropped as far as like a, a Ziggler or Zach Ryder back in the day when he, oh, yeah. he got himself over with nothing to do with WWE, you know, helping yep. at all. WWE said, nope. And, you know, was, at one point, just from his little internet show that he did on his own, was getting over like a mofo, and then <laughs> done. Right now, Matt Hardy, they somehow took the broken gimmick, which was the hottest thing in wrestling, and shot it in the head. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm scared for the Hardy Compound match that's coming up because I just feel like it's going to be a corporate compound match. Like oh, I, bro. like I feel like yeah. there's going to be dilapidated boats everywhere. And it's just going to be like, you know how when a meme gets to a company and they just kill it? Like right. when you see Wendy's or McDonald's tweeting, well, not Wendy's, Wendy's is, Wendy's is dope, Wendy's is a dope Twitter. But yeah. if you see like McDonald's or like Burger King tweeting a meme, you're like, damn, well, it's over. Yep, it's done. Now there's going to be dilapidated boat figures. And uh, and then, and after the angle fails and after the character fails, they'll blame it on Hardy and then they'll delete yeah. his ass. Then they'll throw him on SmackDown. He'll be going against gender and... <laughs> Whoever else they want to. There's another thing. I mean, you brought up gender, and I happened to catch something, a little bit of footage, I guess, this past week, where I guess gender is like, you know, for a while he's his dominant WWE champion. And I I liked it because it was something different, actually. Yeah, uh, no, I love the start of gender's run. I did too. too. And then now he's, you know, fighting for the United States Championship. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey, man, I'd give my left nut to be in WWE fighting for the United States Championship right now. Back in the day, when a guy got to the WWE Championship, he didn't drop back down to the Intercontinental. That's true. You know, and now and that guys. That was a sustained period you had up there for at least a few years. Exactly. You know, the, the U.S. title for the NWA and the Intercontinental title for the WWE was you were getting prepared to, to get your shot. You know, yep. and you didn't drop back down after that. And now it's like, huh? You, know, you go from main event to jerking the curtain for the damn. United States title or something. It, to yep. me, it just don't make sense. <laughs> and what the hell's up Quick with two. you? Here's another beef I have. The champion comes out last. Damn it. Oh, my. Oh, my. I wish my buddy Adam was here to talk to you about that. He hates oh, it. God, it drives I me crazy. It. You're the champ. You come out last. What's up? I don't know when that started or why or whose idea it was, but it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that champ out first thing. Yeah. Unless you're like an intimidating figure. It could work yeah. for some people, but for the vast majority of people, like I don't want Dean Ambrose to come out first as champion. Like he's not <laughs> he's not gonna stand there like intimidating someone in the ring. But I think if you're the Undertaker, you may want to come out. Well, actually, no, even the Undertaker, I don't want to come out first. I don't right. know if I'd really want coming out first as champion. If he had to, he could get away with it. And it wouldn't, yeah. you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But Dean Ambrose, another guy who looks like your everyday regular guy. You Especially know. now that Pyro's gone too. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, the, the coming out, the coming out, the champ coming out first drives me nuts and the champ not wearing the belt. I have a, I have issues with that. Yeah. I don't like I, yeah, I hate that. Dragging the title around to me, you know, part of the reason championships don't mean anything anymore is because so many people just kind of log them around, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, some, some places just put them on his promo. You seen Austin Aries lately? No, I hadn't actually. That man's that man's wearing four belts from three other like one of them. There's only one promotion I know, Defiant. The other three I can't even really tell. I think they just put them on him for promo. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. The uh, Austin Aries is Impact Champion right now too, right? And he's got the I, damn yeah. I guess it's like I saw the Global Force belt. And it's looked like they just put like a Impact Wrestling sticker on the front of the Global <laughs> Force belt right in the middle. Probably. Holy shit! How indie can you get? Yeah, man. Oh man, having fifty belts as an indie star. I thought Don Callis would have something better than that going on, but uh. Mm. Yeah, that's horrible looking, man. Now, impacts impacts on the rope or GFW or whatever they are. Yeah, I don't. Who knows? Who knows what they are? But yeah, it's crazy, man. So we got Fastlane coming up this Sunday. What do you what do you, what do you think about that card? Who's on it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, for the title match, we have a six pack. I, I guess they're going to call it a six pack challenge. I don't know if they are or not. But it's, the one get like a six pack of Michelob Ultra, or I, I, I don't know. You figure with that name, uh, it's right. going to be Cena, Styles, Ziggler, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin for the title. No elimination match, just straight up six dudes. Hmm. And whoever you know, first whoever gets pinned, pinned. victory. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we know Ziggler's going first. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I th- I'm you know. AJ's going into Mania with the belt. That's what I assume, yeah. I, that's what I assume. I think they're dumb if they don't. I mean, because isn't it going to be Shinsuke versus AJ if AJ retains, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be the best That'd be the best match on the card, and they should let that close the show, but they won't. I agree. No, no, Ro- Roman Reigns has to be christened at the end of WrestleMania. Again, for some reason. Again. Again, and, and not that I have a problem with that guy. Um yeah, you know, I probably like him better than most, but it's kind of uh Pete and repeat. Yeah. You know, it's just I don't There's know. There's just so many times I can see Roman spear someone after being laid out. Right. Exactly. Uh yeah, Ziggler out first. I guess uh Corbin probably I don't know. Are they pushing Corbin any right now? I don't know. Is, nah. you know has the hair well, grown not, on the top of the head in there? <laughs> no, he's going bald. It's not even an elimination match, it's just first pin. Oh, okay. Um, what I can, let me let me one hundred percent check on that, but I'm pretty sure it's just like it's okay, not like I'm an elimination. Sure. It's just like a rumble. Like and first, John John Cena still don't know who he's wrestling at WrestleMania, right? Uh, it's supposed to be Undertaker, but who knows if he's gonna be able to go or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a six pack mm-hmm. challenge, so uh, non elimination first pin wins. Or that's crazy. I don't know, yeah, man. man they may surprise us. They may surprise us. It may. I don't know, man. I hate. I hate matches like that. I hate being in them. I really don't care to watch them. Yeah, um, it's just too much. It's a cluster, man. Like it's too much logic care. to keep going. Where it's like six dudes are trying to not pin you. Like what? Exactly. Then it, to me, I try to uh, insert and <laughs> trying to insert logic sometime into wrestling is a losing cause. But you know, if you re- if it was a legit fight. Which I always try to think of everything as being legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, work legit. And you had six guys who the first one pin was going to be champ. Man, you'd see everybody on the mat trying to cover everybody at the same time. You know, yeah. freaking right. So to me, it's just it's hard to do a match like that. But I'd say I'd say AJ somehow comes out on top because I think they need that match. I agree. Uh, I think they need that Shinsuke AJ match to. Uh, to be on mania because I don't, to me, I don't think people are getting up or getting excited or buying tickets just to see Brock Lesnar versus uh, Roman again. No, I mean, you'll have, you know, the network will help the numbers, but as far oh, as sure. eh, who knows, 
Because right yeah. now, as far as Mania right now, the only thing they have confirmed for live is Reigns, uh, Lesnar, and yeah. most likely AJ and Shinsuke. Okay. Oh, and Ronda against whoever she picks. Oh, I think I saw something about that. Whereas, oh wait, I no, 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 wait, wait, no, never mind. My, my apologies, yeah, Ronda, and, no. Ronda and Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah, yeah. Which Triple H will have the best entrance of the night. Oh yeah, he'll come out with some sort of skull wow. and helicopters, machine guns. <laughs> he'll drop from the sky on a motorcycle this time. It'll be something. <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> He'll drive. Yeah. He'll ride the motorcycle through a flaming skull. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he lands in a throne in the middle of the ring, and Stephanie parachutes onto him, top of him. As he gets a reach around from step, I got something about <laughs> tonight. I don't know why I keep bringing that up. I got to get laid or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the only three matches really confirmed. Yeah, pretty much for this year. Yep. Well, they got to have at least three matches on the pre-show. <laughs> I mean, so. maybe a seven-hour mania, man. Right. I'd say uh, I'd say we ought to put Enzo versus Bailey on the pre-show or something like that. Is it too soon to say something like that? <laughs> man, I wonder what Enzo's going to do with his life now. Um, local DJ in Jersey? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's too – he can't go wrestling again. Can't no. He may end up freaking, you know, tying a bar of soap around his damn wrist attached with a rope before too long so he don't drop it. You know what I mean? <laughs> true. It's true. If it gets, well, let's hope it doesn't get to that point for him. I don't, I don't know if guys like that get over behind bars, man. <laughs> that shit ain't going to be using that mouth for something else. Enzo. So, Nathan. You've watched yep. wrestling evolve over the last 20-some years. Yes, where I have. You, where do you see the game in another decade? I do, hope. Do you, think, do you think the Cena and Rock types are done and we're officially in the age of flips and just small dudes doing flips and kicks? Because, and, I mean, you got the big guys doing them too now. You got, you know, War Machine. Yeah, I know. Um What's his name? That Brian Cage guy does some crazy stuff to be his size. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, I, you know, I, I think that's cool. Just don't – maybe don't overdo it, you know. Keep uh, keep it to a minimum. That way, when you do do it, you still get a ooh and an ah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope that it don't become like American wrestling just becomes one big Lucha Libre style show. But, man, I, I hope it uh, – I hope it evolves into – kind of going back to the way it used to be with, with just a good mixture of different things where you had some smaller guys like a, like a Ricky Steamboat or somebody like that. And then you still had a big guy like a Hogan or a Batista. And then you, you know, I, I don't mind the, uh, I don't mind the cruiserweight stuff. I don't think that doing a complete cruiserweight TV show is, was a very good idea. Yeah, no, we've, we've hummed that down many a times on the show. <laughs> I th- Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think it may have worked back in like 96, 97, 98 with uh, some of the guys that were working then. But yeah. man, some of the they guys just... on that 205 show, man, they, they just don't have a whole lot of experience in front of a camera. And, and when they do an interview, it's it usually comes out kind of cheesy, whether they're cheesy or not. It's just to me, it just comes off yeah. easy and it looks. And I guess the way they're filming it, they're filming them. Aren't they filming them like after a freaking two or three hour SmackDown taping? And yep. And by that time, man, you know how it is at a show, bro. You're you're worn out. Oh yeah. 
Like you, and so it's, it's crazy. And now the after Mania, they're putting in a cruiserweight tag title. Uh, no shit! Wow. Yep. Okay, we catch yep. up. Two hundred five lives here to stay. Like it or not, yeah, there was a uh, there was a time when WCW had a cruiserweight tag title. Yeah, WCW kind of like. I wouldn't say they forefronted the cruiserweight, you know, because clearly it was there before them. But they right. had like the hour section before the shows, and I think that's like what WWE should have done is put the yeah. cruiserweights on first. Yeah, so I think so. On, so they can catch on, because you know people are there for the Roman Reigns and whatever. Why put that on after? Like, well, okay, I don't, I've already don't... seen Randy Orton. Why do I need to see Mustafa Ali like after him? <laughs> exactly. No, no, hey, Mustafa. He's probably one of the best ones. Right. No, I'm just saying. Like, uh, my thing is too is uh, why. Uh, I don't think people are catching on as much because people didn't get a chance to know the, the the cruiserweights like they did back then with like Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Ultimo Dragon. You know, we got to know those guys. Yeah, and I loved I loved Ultimo Dragon too. Still do. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, back then watching Nitro every Monday night and WCW Saturday night and the the Saturday morning shows and stuff like that, you got to know those those characters and those wrestlers yeah. and. It's like, okay, we had a little bitty cruiserweight tournament on the network, and now guess what? They're all coming to this, you know, two or five live show. Yeah, in and one it, big batch. <laughs> right, exactly. Like all at once. Here's a bunch of indie guys we hired that are pretty good, and we want you to like them now. Yep, pretty much. We'll yeah. and we'll treat them like a sideshow. So that'll and, definitely and get the, you to like them. And the Smith Arts arcs might know a lot of those guys, but for the average wrestling fan, they don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because WWE is in this weird place where it's like catering to hardcore fans, but then not. And then it wants general fans, but then it brings in all these indie people that only hardcore fans know. Like Ricochet. Right, exactly. There's no Rick, I don't get how Ricochet is going to work in WWE style. I don't either. I don't know who the hell he's going to work with. Yeah, because like I remember I remember when him and Osprey's match that everyone hated, that Vader, you know, hated on. You know, right. got that big controversy, the whole, oh, this was choreographed, but, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, choreography and whatever. I saw that match. I That was one of the first indie matches that I was like, damn, they're really doing something different out there. It is amazing. And and I, I, to a large degree, I agree with that. I do. And I think, God, both those guys are super talented, man. And, yeah. and choreographed or not, the skill and balance and athleticism that that took was unbelievable. Um, believable yeah like sometimes i just want to watch wrestling to see some cool athletic shit like right. that's right that's what i'm exactly. wrestling for it's at the, that, at the ground it's an athletic showcase right and and i don't mind after seeing a will osprey match and, and a ricochet match i don't mind seeing somebody take a lariat and get their fucking head taken off yeah that all goes back to seeing something different you know mm-hmm. like we like new japan like wrestle kingdom just happened they mm-hmm. had they had the big you know uh, this may be out of order, but they had the Rapungi Vice and Young Buck match. You know, high flying, you know, dive, super kicks, all that good stuff. Then you had KES versus Evil and Sonata, which yeah. is one of the hardest hitting matches I've ever seen in my match. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. it instantly yeah. made me a KES fan. Like, I, I hadn't even really been into them that much, but God, that match was really? amazing. I like, uh, man, those are two I, different matches. Right. I like uh, KES a lot. I don't understand why they haven't been picked up. That's I what said, I, I figured Vince would be like Steve Boy Smith Jr. Why is it Vince like wet over the both of them? I don't I, don't I have no it. clue. I uh I don't get it either, man. That's the fan in me. I think 
I think almost two years ago, I, I tweeted something out about why are these two not, you know, tearing people's heads off in WWE. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it either. Like they're both six four, six five, six six, something like that. Get great shape, can do everything yep. in the ring. Right. Like they're everything Baron Corbin should be. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't at all, man. He's getting better though. So shout out to Baron. He is. It's it, for some reason, and I don't. Uh, not taking any. I don't take anything away from any guy that's in WWE just because, uh-huh. you know, I know like people hate Cena and used to hate Batista and the smart marks, especially, you know, and, and, you know, holler, they can't work all the time. Look, I had a WWE tryout at one time. I've been through OVW. I know how hard it is to get there. If you're in that position, you're talented. Yeah. No question about it. So quit the, he can't work shit because I, again, I'd give my left nut to be there. Exactly. But, I, think, I think it comes from that variance, non-variance of style that people want. Like every gun he's got to be, you know, right. Know, and just styles. Like, it, exactly. And just because I'm a huge dynamite kid, Benoit style, technical scientific guy. Don't mean I don't enjoy the other stuff too. Exactly. You know, exactly. I don't, but as a fan going back to Corbin, for some reason, I, I, I can't buy in for some reason. I don't, I don't know why <laughs> there, there's a couple guys like that. Like I'm on an Elias kick right now though. I think oh, that dude, dude Elias has capitalized on oh Izzard, and it is amazing. Oh, bro! Just, like, uh, like he got over, he got over quick, man. And I think, oh yeah, that, uh, now that he's over, he's gonna stay over for a while. Oh yeah, he ain't gonna, he's not gonna go anywhere for a while, which is weird because, well, I guess we'll see after Mania. Maybe after Mania, WWE will open up the board. But right now, you know, it's very much if you're not Ranger, nobody. <laughs> what uh, what I like about Elias, man, is I see something that I haven't seen in a long ass time, and that's yeah. that, you know, when that guy is in the ring and they come back from commercial and he starts talking, everybody's cheering the hell out of him, and as soon as he says WWE stands for Walk with Elias, I mean, the crowd comes up, yeah, and then. Seconds later, he goes straight heel, and they boo the shit out of him. So they're cheering him, and then he can get him to boo him. So he's not that quintessential guy who wants to be the cool heel. Yeah. And I, I hadn't seen anybody that's able to do that, man. So I think that's pretty cool. I think that's going to be a plus for him. Oh, yeah. I would definitely love to see him get the money in the bank this year. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be a great booking decision for him. Because this way, you can just pull the trigger on him when you need to pull the trigger on him. Right. Does uh does does the big cast his girlfriend still have the women's money in the bank? Whatever happened with yes, that? Yes, she does. She does, yeah. and literally no one's cared for quite some time. Well, it's because she wears a Wendy Richter one piece. <laughs> That's I probably mean, part of it, yeah. And the fact yeah. they took Ellsworth from her, like you know, she's just there now. She's just kind of there. She's just another woman like, on SmackDown. The angle, like Ellsworth helps her get the thing, and then Ellsworth's been released. We wish you the best. And I know, right? Huh? Like what the hell? Yeah, SmackDown. I don't know what they're doing over on SmackDown right now. It's very weird. One of one of the few things I actually enjoyed was that the Ellsworth shit with her. You know? Yeah. Like even I mean, though really? it was corny, at least it was something different. Yeah, uh, it, it had entertaining parts. Like when he helped her win the damn thing, I was like, holy crap! <laughs> and then they just you know take her from. Him. I mean, you can't just take Frankie from Coco Beware. It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man poor w I, I it'll be interesting watching wwe after mania 
Because now that rains, now that the Odyssey's over, we've waited three years, good we'll <laughs> rains, beat Brock Lesnar, and then maybe we'll be over the hill. Yeah, and how many times are they going to, I don't know, how many times are they going to try with Reigns? I mean, this has got to be, there's no one else who's built up, they'd have to build someone else just to lose to Reigns. Yeah. If they want to try that, to get him over again. That's one of the issues too, man. It's, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's weird how, and a lot of people agree, man, that they enjoy the NXT product more because it's more like the kind of old way of doing things. Yeah. Um, and when these guys get to WWE, it's like they get into that system of doing things, and then most of them don't don't end up getting over. Um, I hope they don't destroy the revival. Like that's one of the oh, the, the best two. I like great tactics. Dead right now. Yeah, probably. You know, Maybe but revival literally. <laughs> right. But yeah, got guys like that, man. Like mm-hmm. for some reason, man. They uh, they. They've got a track record of taking guys who are awesome and just making them look. Hor- I mean, I was a huge Taz fan too back in the day, and when he got <laughs> when he got to WWE, uh, Double Z Taz was horrible. Like they, <laughs> they made him look like shit. Yeah, you know? Vince doesn't that like first- other people's toys a lot sometimes. No, man, like that first match when he debuted at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden, the place come unglued. Man, the roof came yeah. off, and, and he had a good match. Killed Angle, bro, and 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 even though he was a, a shorter guy, bro, he, he still looked like he belonged there. And then next thing you know, he's wearing like Adidas pants and cowboy hats and shit, and <laughs> like this killer machine went from being a killer machine within a couple of weeks, just being a goofball. Yeah. It's just it's weird how they do some people. It is very it's 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 strange. Sometimes it just makes sense, and recently it's just gotten worse with kayfabe dying. Yeah. <sighs> yep. What you gonna do, WWE? What are you gonna do? They're gonna continue to make millions, and then you know, yep, guys like me are gonna continue growing up, wanting to be there, and yeah, it's 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 never gonna go away. They're never gonna go away, whether they get better or not. It's still gonna be, I think it's always gonna be the number one wrestling company in the world. Mm-hmm. He's just um, so just so much farther ahead of everybody else. As yeah, far they as are America, at least. You know, WCW at one time. <laughs> I, I I would say they came close, but you know technically they beat them for what sixty weeks or something like that. Yeah, something like that, about a year or some change. Yeah, yeah, a year, a little over. Um, but since that's gone, I mean, shit. How how can a startup promote? I think the only reason WCW did it really was because you know they kind of then if you include the NWA Mid Atlantic type stuff, then they kind of started out. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the history of wrestling, you know, with with WWE, they, but but somebody coming in now, like a TNA or Impact, whatever it's called now, you know, start a startup group. I don't think it's going to be hard to compete. Yeah, ever. I mean, because like, WCW had Ted Turner's pockets behind him too. Right, exactly. I want to know what's going to happen when Vince dies. Does the product get better? or Does it get worse? Well, that's well, with XFL coming out, he's supposed to be handing over some of the reins to Triple H. Like the, and, the, the, the the crown might be changing hands soon. Sooner you know, than we maybe, think. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know Triple H is taking this NXT thing to that shit went from being guys carrying kegs and seeing who could take take them further <laughs> to, to being what it, <laughs> to being what it is now. You know what I mean? Like NXT was a joke, and yeah. then how more people like it now than a lot of people like WWE. I mean, 
I've I've liked every takeover so far. I do. What I don't like is why. Um, God, now I can't even say his name. Freaking uh, Adam. 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 Blah, blah, blah. Come on, help me out, man. Champa? Uh, no, not Champa. Freaking uh, came from ROH. Adam. Oh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Well, why is Adam Cole like 150 pounds right now? Get on the gas, brother. <laughs> nope. I mean, I, I, I think Adam Cole is like probably one of the most talented guys in the world right now. But yep. for some reason, man, when he got to NXT, it looked like he looked like an AIDS patient all of a sudden. Yeah, he did look smaller. I thought I was – I don't like know. Like man. Oh, uh, maybe. I hope they're not setting him up for like 205 Live or something. <laughs> this is what the world's coming to man adam cole's gonna be and that dude's over as hell oh yeah super over uh, super over man so uh they'll find they'll find a way to mess it up maybe we'll, maybe we'll just be at wwe indie in like five years <laughs> all right indie, all uh, indie stars no john cena types <laughs> i mean well, it'll, be, be, it'll be interesting see what happens right be a one hell of a circus, man. Have WWE, then have NXT, and then just have this like traveling circus of indie guys that half-ass work for WWE. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But no drug testing. <laughs> Shouts to Roman Reigns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't so Nathan, blame a guy. So Nathan, man, it's been a pleasure, dude. Absolutely, man. It has. I appreciate you having me on, brother. Yo, man, give some shout-outs before you before we peace out today. Anyone you want to shout-out before you head out? Man, I will shout-out to uh, my good buddy and partner, Dustin Briggs, over in Navarre, Florida. Shout-out to one of my best friends in the business, Wes Adams, over at Power Slam Productions in Mississippi. Um, and my good buddy, uh, Carlos D'Angelo, the man who taught me so much. Um, that's another guy you'd enjoy talking to. Oh, but uh, yeah, that's about it, brother. Well, thank you, Mr. Crown, man. It's been a pleasure sitting down, being able to chop it up with you, bro. Tell the people no. where they can find you. You guys can find me on Facebook under Nathan Crown slash Mr. Crown. I'm on Twitter at the real Nathan Crown. Also, uh, Nathan Crown on Instagram. And uh, I think that's about all I've got going on, unless somebody's got phony Nathan Crown pages, which is not, <laughs> not cool. Not take, cool. Take them down, catfish. Take them down. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> All right. That's another week in the heels. Thank you, Nathan. Peace, everybody. Thank you, guys.